0: We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's Word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy His Word. Okay, I need for you to get what I'm giving you today so that you'll be set for the next movie. You get it? Okay. So just follow me as we go through these different spaces so that you can be set for the next movie. Okay, let's go to Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You say, if you're there, say you're there. Okay. Or say, amen. (laughs) Okay, it says... But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's a common scripture. We have heard that. But I need for us to make sure that we have a full understanding of what this text is giving us. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes comes upon you. Okay. There... And in, in the fact that he calls out Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria shows you to the extent that this power I'm sending you in has reach. You get what I mean? Like, you're powerful. You, you will be able to be a witness for me in Jerusalem, which is where, where we are. The holy city will be um, uh, sending you to Judea, will be sending you to Samaria. Now, Samaria, by that time, they had gotten to the place where they had accepted a whole bunch of different ideologies, and they had created one big religion that included Christianity, among all the other stuff they believe, a lot like the world that we live in today, that has accepted all con- all, all concepts and we will call it God. At the end of it, it is God. We have energy, we have vibes, we have light, we have all kind of stuff that people, and then it all comes down to that one belief they call God. Okay, so what the Scripture is letting us know is the Holy Spirit will be upon you, and you'll be able to go and minister and witness to the end of the earth. We got that, right? Okay. Jesus at one point walked this earth. And when he walked this earth, he was the absolute authority. Absolute authority over every fallen being, over every demonic, diabolical force. He was the absolute authority. They feared him then, they fear him still. By the finished work of the cross, Jesus going to the cross, he went back and he ascended to his father, and he left with us access and unlimited access to the power that worketh through us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. do my best to make it plain because I need for that not to be just a church concept like mm-hmm. I need you to get what I'm saying. When Jesus was here, he was the ultimate authority. Say authority. Tell the person on one side, say authority. Tell the person on the other side, say authority. He was the ultimate authority. When he went to the cross, the crucifixion story, the Easter story, he ascended to afterwards, you know, three days later, Rose again, y'all know that story, right? He was ascended to his father, but he left with us. He said, they can't do this. If I'm all power and all authority and I leave, they can't do this without that power and authority. So I'm leaving with them a helper. And with this Holy Spirit that indwells within them, they will have the power to do what I did when I was here. You get it? Can you hand me that water bottle? Okay, so Jesus, all power and authority. Ooh, good hands. All power and authority. Jesus. And the disciples, and they walked with Jesus. And his power and authority, they walked. And he did miracles, and they walked with Jesus. You see, you get me. Jesus then went to heaven, to his, to his father. He left power, and authority through the Holy Spirit with us. You get it. So now, I have all power and authority over the fallen beings, over the diabolical and demonic forces. This visual, I believe, is what we believers see when we consider our connection to the Holy Spirit. Sounds good. However, if this was really what it was, then this, was, this is what gives us the habit or the mindset that we can do this. That the power and authority is still what it is. But every now and then, that wasn't the ultimate design. That is not what he did. All power, all authority. Through the Holy Spirit, I leave with them. But it's not just with them. The Holy Spirit that indwells in them. This means, here, can you hold on to that for me? This means that when I walk into my job, power and authority. When I walk in my children's school, power authority. On days when I'm really sad, power and authority. Because it's not something that I carry, it is something that is indwelling. I need for you to get that so that you're always ready to operate in power and authority. You got that? You got a good, solid grasp of that? Okay, put that in your left pocket or your spirit or your heart so that we can keep going. Amen? Okay, I'm not gonna be before you long. I wanna be able to be quick because I know your attention span is short and I want you to get it and keep it. Okay, so now let's go to um, the kings and queens concept. It is a dangerous thing to be a resident, to say, of a kingdom that is run by a king and queen with no power and authority. Have the title, have the crown, have the throne no power, no authority. In that same context, it is dangerous to be under the leadership of a household of a king and a queen that has the title, mom, dad, husband, wife, have the title but no power, no authority. So, my kids during COVID got us hooked on this show, The Last Kingdom. It's a good show, y'all. Maybe not be for everybody, but it was it was really good. It's set like medieval time ish, um, and back then they would make these little settlements. They could go and they could like build their houses and build stores, and then you see their their little cities. And okay, the issue was in these cities, there wasn't like the perimeter of the city wasn't defined. Like you knew you were out of the settlement when you hit the wood line, like when you hit the the forest or, you know, into the the ocean or whatever. The, the, The perimeters weren't defined perimeters. When a good king rose up, one of the first things a good smart king did was he would fortify the city. He would build wall around the city because without it, by the time the enemies would come to attack, they're already in the city before any of the fighting men could recognize their presence because there there wasn't a perimeter. So it left them very vulnerable for ambush. It left them very vulnerable for attack because the enemy could access them all the way around. And by the time they were there, it was too late to really do anything because they were already in the city. So the good kings would come. And they will fortify the city. Now, fortify the city means they will build these humongous walls around the perimeter of the city. Now, when I say walls, I don't mean like walls like this. I mean, some of these walls were like 20 feet thick. I didn't say high. I mean, thick. Can you picture how thick of a wall that is? And all around the city, they would have these huge walls. And on the top of the walls, they would have soldiers planted On the walls. Now by doing this, they instilled a different level of protection for the kingdom because it took the enemy's advantage away and gave advantage to them because with the soldier on top of the wall, now I can see the enemy way before he comes because I have range. I'm able to see you long before you have any access to me. And because of this range that this fortified wall gives me, I can send word to the king and he can flex his authority so that he can dispatch soldiers to defend. Are are, are you following my flow? For some of us, our homes are sitting like settlements and we can't recognize the presence of the enemy until he's already there. He's already in. He's already gotten cozy. He's already gotten comfortable. What is my message for you today? You got to fortify the walls. You have to fortify the walls of your home. You have to erect a structure in your home that gives you the advantage of recognizing the enemy and dealing with what you recognize. Amen? Amen. So I was looking at um, this video, and um, it was of a hurricane. Now, anybody who lives in Florida, we are used to this foolishness. Because you never know what you're going to get with a hurricane. Like, you could completely, was it, hunker down. You could hunker down, go to the grocery store, get all the water as if it's a pandemic. Get all the water, and it rained like four drops. And it almost makes you mad because then you're looking for the hurricane. Like, <laughs> like God didn't just bless you for, the ho- for your house not to get tore up. Then you're mad because no hurricane really came. But I'm watching this video of um, a hurricane and I'm seeing these huge palm trees like bending to the point of snapping. I'm seeing the little kids in the yard, toys flying all over the screen. I see a roof of a building start to peel back to where you can expose, the sky is like exposed. And I thought to myself, I can see what's happening and I can see the damage that it's doing, but I can't see the wind. I see the damage that the wind is causing, but I can't see what's causing it. I was watching the unseen destroy the scene. Too often in our homes, in our marriages, in our finances, in our friendships, you sit back and you look and you see the damage. But you can never really see because we're not operating under the spiritual eye, the de- what is causing the actual damage? I saw um, an episode of, because once again our children got us hooked, I'm telling you, they get us binge watching stuff, hooked on an episode of Stranger Things. And one of the lines that this guy said talking, Stranger Things be preached sometimes, it does. He's trying to convince the officer of what he saw. And he was explaining this isn't something that's natural. This has to be the devil. And they think he's a joke. They're laughing at the kid. At his, this line he says, he says, how do you expect to stop the devil if you don't believe he's real? And that is what we're facing today. We are looking at the damage that he is causing, but never giving credit to who the credit belongs because we don't believe that it's real. We have labeled things mental health that are clearly demonic. We are medicating things that are absolute evil. Not dealing with them at all because we see the damage. We're dealing with what we see instead of dealing in what is unseen. Now let's take it back to what I originally said. You have been giving, living and dwelling within you, power and authority. Now, when I say fortify your home, if we're talking about what is seen, the next response would be get an alarm system. Get a gun license, um, have a curfew, appoint a chaperone. Those are things you do to protect and secure what is seen. But we are dealing with what is unseen, because your alarm system is not going to help you when the spirit of depression aims to depend, defend. I'm sorry, befriend your daughter. Or when the spirit of lust has decided to camp out in your son's bedroom. Or when the spirit of fear is cuddling up next to your toddler at night. Your alarm system, your gun license, and your chaperone is not going to help you. And as long as we continue to function like the enemy that is trying to get into the camp is not real, we will always be sitting in a space holding and having an authority while we're still being bullied in our own home. So we hear this, I know I, I, I need to keep moving because if I don't, I'll lose you. <laughs> um, you hear this and you say, okay, so what do I do with what you're telling me? Where do I start? I wanna give you just three little quick ways. When I say quick, I'm gonna run through these really quick on where, where to start. Now, mind you, I said start, not stay. These are just where we're starting, and then we're gonna let the Holy Spirit lead and guide us in our homes on what we need to do and how we need to handle. Amen? The first thing that you have to know, that's not a point. This is not a a point. This is the point. None of this works without the Holy Spirit. That's the stuff that the church don't say. Because people want you to believe that if you just be real, real good and your heart is right, then you can function in the power of God. That your intentions are good and you try to do right. Because we give a lot of credit to try you try to do right and because God loves everyone and he does he loves all that we can still function in a power that we do not have and what i don't want to do is give you a list of things to do for you to run off and go try and do in your power cuz that don't work you will pick a fight in a realm that you cannot win you will start something that you cannot finish So as I give you these steps, please understand the application of these steps. The requirement is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, not the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Asking Spirit of God, live in me, guide me, direct me, speak to me, be my counselor. Holy Spirit, indwelling, got it. So the first thing you would need to do is mark your territory. one of the things you need to do is mark your territory. Growing up, it was very clear to me that I was different. Not better, just different. That I would go out with my friends, but something about me was just different. And it wasn't just different to me. It was different to people who interacted with me. They could see the difference. As my relationship with God grew, I realized it was because they marked me. They went to God. When I say they, I mean these two beautiful people right here. Those are my parents. They marked me. That there were some things that even in my best effort to get into, there was a hedge of protection around me that would not allow me to do some of the things that I wanted to do so badly. There were places that even in my going, my spirit was uncomfortable in my disobedience. Even though it was my will to do wrong, they marked me. Now, don't get me wrong. Foolishness is in the heart of a child. You're going to do some dumb stuff. It just is what it is. But the covering that they kept, they drew a line in the sand when it came to me. You have to mark your territory. Mark your children. Mark your home. And when I say that, I mean like in the regular, of the, the regular routine of the day. I cover my children. I cover my grandchildren. I cover everything that's attached to me in my daily prayer. That from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, God, cover them under the protection of your blood. Cover them in their coming and in their going keep their minds, keep their thoughts. Take them, God, through separations. Separate things that don't line up with who you called them to be. Father, let them lose their appetite for things that don't fit you or things that will poison the seeds that you have planted in them. And this is a part of daily prayer. Daily prayer. Remember way, way back when we said that you have to have a prayer life, you have to stay connected. This is the stuff that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about playing for blessings for cars and mansions and all that good stuff. I'm talking about praying for covering, keeping, guidance, deliverance, that kind of stuff. You have to mark off your territory. And here's why. Because the authority and the power that is within you, remember when I told you when Jesus walked the earth, he was the ultimate authority. When he gave you that authority through the Holy Spirit, is an authority that the enemy has to respect. It's not a suggestion to the enemy. Hear me what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not a suggestion to the enemy. So we don't have to pray in the effort of hope. Like I am, I am instructing when it comes to this child that he is covered under the protection, the unpenetrable protection of the blood of Jesus. That is not a suggestion. That is not a hope it works. It don't fail. I cover my family, my household, everything attached to me under the protection of the blood of Jesus. The blood that was shed on the cross, spilled down, warm, still living blood of Jesus. The blood that still, till this day, makes hell tremble. That is not in my strength. Tina can do nothing. But because of the spirit that operates in me and through me, I have the authority to decree these things. Does this mean that my children won't go through things? No, they definitely will. Everybody will, but they will never have to go through it without the presence and power of God. And I have to say that because people say, well, if that's the case, then nobody would ever go through anything. And God never said that. In fact, he said, in this day, you've had many troubles. So what we're going to stop doing is putting this stuff on God like he failed. He never told you you weren't going to go through things. But the promise is, because I have marked off my family and my home with this hedge of protection, that I will never have to go in through anything without the shield of my God. Amen? So point number one, mark off your territory. And please be clear, and I can't say this enough. The Holy Spirit is not optional in this equation. Salvation is not optional in this equation. Because the church is very accepting and loving, I think sometimes this part gets to be a little blurred. Do not confuse what I'm saying. Salvation and the Holy Spirit is what makes this applicable. You get what I'm saying? So we can move to point number two. Be a watchman. Remember when I was telling you about the wall and they plan, you guys have seen this in movies, right? When like the soldiers are up on top of the wall and they see that the enemy is coming up and then they alert the troops. Y'all seen that, right? If not in Last Kingdom, y'all seen it in something, right? Okay. You have to be a watchman in your home. You have to be a watchman in your home so that you can be aware of the advance of the enemy. Now, this is where it can get a little bit sticky because the world wants you to believe that everything should be tolerated in your home, that you should be, you know, and I'm not going to tell you how to run your house. But I will say this. Some things are in your house because you invited them. I feel like I should let that sit. You have to be a watchman in your home, and you have to watch for the unseen. And in order to watch the unseen, you have to be operating through the Holy Spirit because that's the only thing that's going to give you the instruction and the understanding of what it is that's going on. So your prayer is, God, open my eyes spiritually so that I can recognize the movements in the Spirit. Not only that, God, strengthen me and give me strategy for what to do with what you revealed to me. Because what, this is where we step out of the unseen into the scene and we want to address stuff. You cutting up and I need to address it. But your instruction on the addressing it might not be what the Holy Spirit is instructing you to do. And instead of shutting it down, you rev it up. You have to be in tune with the Spirit of God. It has to be the watchman in your home. Your opinion. Come second after the instruction of the Holy Spirit. I say that because we have some things that we're just traditionally raised to do in our homes. We have certain things in our homes that my mama didn't do it, my daddy didn't do it, so you ain't gonna do it. I didn't allow, I wasn't allowed to do it. They weren't allowed to do it, so you're not allowed to do it. You don't get to speak and have an opinion. You stay in a child's place. You just, you just keep your mouth shut. And to, there are certain things that we have learned traditionally in our homes. And I'm not saying, you run your house how you run your house. I'm not saying that you're wrong in those beliefs. I'm saying that if the Holy Spirit has a different instruction and suggestion, I need for you to listen to the Spirit of God over your grandma, great-grandma, and great-great-grandma. Because, and what we'll touch on later, like I said, this message is of building blocks, is there are some things that have run in our family because we were disobedient to the instruction of the Holy Spirit. And we have called these things personality traits, and we have allowed them to go straight through our homes. When two decades ago, the Holy Spirit said, stop to your great grandma. But because of her disobedience, every person in the family line has picked up this trait. The Holy Spirit is not optional in a functional kingdom home. It cannot be an idea. It has to be a fact because it is the only thing that's giving the instruction because it can instruct on the things that you cannot see. If you're not careful, you will co-sign a thought that the enemy has given. What am I saying? What you didn't know when you told, when you just jokingly told your daughter, you just acting crazy. What you didn't realize is that all week long, the enemy had been whispering to her, you're not right. Like something's not right. See, your thoughts aren't connecting at all. Look how you're acting. You're just being, and he's been giving her these suggestions, and then here you go, because you won't be quiet when the Holy Spirit says don't speak. You say, you are so crazy. And now you have cosigned from your position of authority everything that the enemy has been whispering. You have to be a watchman. I'm going to keep moving to our last point. Protect your spirit, man. You have to be aggressive and intentional about protecting the Holy Spirit that resides in you. You can't afford to entertain everything. There is a diet for the spirit inside of you. There are things that it will need to be fed. There are things that you will need to water it. If you want to see growth in your spirit, you're going to have to feed your spirit. That just makes good sense, right? What happens is, though, on the day-to-day, even without our trying, our flesh is fed all day. in the things that we see, in the conversations that we engage, in the stuff we listen to, it's fed without effort. So when you get into a fight and you have the two, you got your spirit man and your flesh. Well, your fle- your spirit is completely malnourished and deprived. Who you think gonna win? When it comes down to needing to be led by one or the other, well, one is obviously stronger because I've been feeding that one all week. I've been in my feelings all week, spinning this lie, spinning this lie, spinning this lie, and now it's huge. And now I expect the truth to be able to stand up against it, and it's, it's weak. You have to. Protect your spirit, man, at all cost, at all cost. And sometimes it is not popular, and sometimes it is uncomfortable. But I decided years ago, I'll be that. If it's, it don't take all that. I think that's doing a little bit too much. I think that, you know, that's a little bit too restricted. I think that's old version of gospel. I think that's old version or a little, okay, I'll be that. Because I want to walk in the kind of power that don't got to be announced but can't be ignored. I want to be able to walk in a power that when the Holy Spirit speaks, I can move. I don't have to reason and debate and go back with what the Spirit is instructing me. I need my connection. Remember we talked about the the needing of the connection? I need the connection to my spirit, man, to be strong and efficient and effective. So if me telling you, no, it's okay, I pass. I'm not going to watch that make you feel away, you're just gonna have to feel away because I am going to protect my spirit at all cost. I can't be in every environment. You can't be in every environment. You are not spiritually mature enough. And I'm not I'm saying that from the I've been saved for a day to I've been saved for a hundred years. You are not spiritually mature enough to sit and engage in spiritually toxic atmospheres and think that it is not going to have an effect when you go in unguarded. You have to protect your spirit man. There are no days off from this. And I would say that that's a lot of times where the struggle is. Because when you feel like you've invested so much in your spirit, like it's good, I'm good, I'm good. Then being able to indulge in just a little bit of foolishness feels like a pass. Like I'm not risking much, you know what I mean? A hundred days at God's feet, five minutes in foolishness, I should be fine. It doesn't work that way because you have an enemy who is watching. And he sits, and Scripture says he sits and he lays weight. And he is waiting for the moment for you to allow yourself to indulge in anything that will poison or make your spirit uncomfortable as an access point. Yeah, I hear you say, cheat day is for real. I'm not one that is good with cheat days because cheat day become every day, and I have to start over later. (laughs) I'll I'll start over later. And I think that that's what we do in our walk with God. That's how we end up in these secular relationships. I'm good. I'm not. I'm good. I'm getting back. You have to be aggressive and intentional about protecting your spirit. Man, would you stand to your feet? we are going to be building i'm sure you've noticed each each message is built on the next on the next but as we broaden into the family as a whole there are certain things that as you receive them please don't let them stay in this room please don't let them stay entertained entertaining in your ears because if you take it and you apply it, you will be able to see the difference. But be clear, the energy that you're receiving it with will not feel the same when it goes to applying it. Because right now, we're in here all together, body of believers in agreement. The assembly has come together. We're going to get the instruction. Then we're going to go out and we're going to execute it, what we what we received. However, when that happens, it happens under attack. You get it. You're receiving it now, but there's no opposition. When you have to apply it, you have to apply it in opposition. That's a choice because we won't be there. It's different when the family have your back and we're on one page. Or it's different when the action, nobody will be able to assess my disobedience but me. When the consequence to my disobedience, to not applying what I've learned, to not, to not protecting my spirit, well, nobody will know but me. That is the that is the thing that causes or hinders growth. Make up in your mind that I'm going to do the hard task of walking Scripture out and applying it to my life. That I want to be able to function and be effective in the realm that I'm called to win in. Because the truth be told, I think it's... um. I think it is 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, I believe. Check my math. Where it explains to us to focus on the unseen and not what is seen. Because what is seen is temporary. Don't put so much stock in this stuff you see. Don't put your spirit man at risk behind responses of what you can see when the realm you win in, the winning team is in the unseen Amen